It's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. Five studio albums, eight number one hits. You could obviously say you're hitting your stride, but can you remember the Lee Bryce in 2003 that probably wasn't living in a four-star hotel that didn't have a lot of money to have a guy come and set up a bonfire for him with the spread? Well, is that, it is that the same guy? That it is the same guy. And what's so cool about it is, is that's when Joe brought us down for the first time, and we thought we were in heaven. We were down here going, "This is the coolest place I've ever seen," you know. And it now I'm back here, so I still feel like I'm coming back home. So yeah, there's a bonfire here now, and there's people cooking food and all this stuff. But, right. but man, I just I just kind of still see it as. Right. right there on Wiggle Lane in Rosemary Beach. Were yeah. you convinced from day one that you would be successful, or was it about that? Were you saying the minute you have that pen's in your hand and the guitar's uh, in your lap, were you convinced it's a matter of time? I mean, I'm not, I don't want to sound overconfident or cocky, but when I was 10 years old, that's all I knew. It's all I wanted. It's every, it, I knew and then I went to a concert or two, and then I saw Garth. I was like, this is what I'm going to do. Right. So I went to Nashville. And you would later write uh, a hit I, song for Garth. I, I left Clemson. I had a year to go to have a civil engineering degree. And I go, Dad, Daddy, I'm, I'm going to live here now in Nashville. I visited. And he's like, what? I told him, and he said, okay, I trust you. This is what I was born to do and like this is actually a, a beautiful place right. that has now become a part of what I do. So it's uh we just flash back to long, young Lee Bryce. You didn't come from a lot of money, two working parents, right? Oh. I mean your dad's electrician. Yep. He liked to sing in the house. He loved Alabama and the Oak Ridge boys. <laughs> yeah. And he would that's sing absolutely. with it. And your mom would sing in church. Oh yeah, that's it. What was what was young Lee Bryce doing? You were probably only six one, two hundred pounds then. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I, I, well before that, you know, I was I was listening to mama, like mama would sing a solo in church, but if she didn't think, because her whole point was I need to communicate the song right if she thought she didn't need to sing it even though she was a great singer she would talk that song well wow. if she needed if just what she thought she needed to do for you to get her message in church daddy learn to sing after he married mama he sang bass and I learned all these parts I learned the high stuff and like so daddy now still is in the gospel quartet right. and he can sing any part there is and I grew up learning all those parts and so music was it's just like it's it's, it's all over me it's in me it's who right. I am you know and so you know uh, you kind of knew me, yeah you I that knew, athlete, Matt. You know? you're, if you're gonna play you're gonna win right <laughs> so you did two things so you went to a school very athletic school yeah you ended up getting enough attention uh, and become a you were a guard in, in high school yeah. right football you go to Clemson everybody knows you got to be good even to be recruited by Clemson even to be uh, considered a walk-on you're playing Oh, yeah. Freshman year. What did that mean to your, your dad that you were playing at Clemson? Well, it meant a lot uh, to him. I, I, yeah, I got a picture of us national championship last couple years ago. You know, first time we had been national championships since 81. But for me to be there that time, before that, just, just playing at Clemson, because he knew that I wanted to do that because I was a fan, but he could have gone there, and he didn't. He stayed home. 
And he was a good athlete. He was Must a great been. athlete, and he got recruited, and he didn't go because he stayed home and had me and Lewis, and I got a job. And, Brother Lewis. And here, and, and so I make it to Clemson, and I'm, you know, and then I didn't just make it on the team. I, I made it on the team. And it was, uh, that was all I really needed. You know, it was what I wanted my whole life. Uh, I had opportunities to maybe possibly go, because I was long snapping as well, opportunities to go to the other level. But at that time, I was, I had Nashville in my, in my, right. my scope. So I got hurt, and it was like God just kind of put everything together. And, and so life has been pretty special to me. Things kind of keep working out, like, randomly. It's, but the other thing, Lee, is what I read and what I hear about you is you're not going to be outworked. And that's the athlete mindset, right? That is. I'm not going to be outworked. 100%. I can't control the final score. No. But you're not going to outwork me. No. Give me an idea that just took place. You just left a cruise, right? You were just on a yacht. <laughs> but all you did was sit there and write the whole time. Yeah, we were on a big boat. I invited, in fact, my publisher, one of my my publisher out, who is one of his 35 number one hits. Invite him out. I'm like, come with me. Long story short, we get out there, and we were on that boat for about 15 minutes. And I said, hey, we're starting. Y'all could talk and chat for here about 15 minutes. I'm going to set up. We're going to start writing. And we wrote for five days. We wrote 18 songs. <laughs> and now he's a, he's kind of a, he's kind of a competitive type, too. He's a Georgia fan. Who is this guy? Dallas Davidson. Right, who's got a huge name. In a huge, huge. And he's like, all right, all right, well, I'm going to write the most songs on this boat. So okay. Well, we never really left the boat. I mean, we were looking at an ocean. We were on a beautiful 110-foot yacht. We could have gone from island to island, but we wrote songs. I wrote 10, he wrote 9. So, got you, Dallas. <laughs> <laughs> so, as much as this is great, is it also superstitious? Because this is where it started. This is where I created so much. It is. It's not just superstitious. It's more like, um, it's like there's a reason why I go back to, say, the couple songwriters or, or multiple songwriters that I have in my circle because right. I know what they do and what we do together. I know our combinations. I know when I come here, I know what's going to come. Right. You know what I mean? You don't know, you know you, the creative juices will fall, but yeah. you don't know what's going to come. I don't know gonna come. what's going to come, but I know right. the creative juices that are going to come. Right. And so this place, if you look out there right now and you don't see it, right. then maybe you just, you, you know, Right. Blind. I don't know. So a big tough <laughs> offensive lineman, football player, playing special teams. Where do you get this romantic side that comes up in your music? I mean, there's muscle uh, in your music, but there's also a kindness and a romance. Where does that come from? I guess it maybe started from from like mama and church and stuff, but I don't know. But I know that like it was like Whitney Houston and Boys to Men and like Kenny Rogers and Vince Gill and like people who sang Edwin McCain who sang these like melodies and these great songs that can stop you in your tracks like with just a melody and a voice I believe that's lyrics. a line in your song stop you in your tracks isn't it I don't know but if, if it, it's going to be now <laughs> it should be now <laughs> <laughs> but, but that's the thing it's like it really is about that and I was just drawn to that uh, somebody asked me about my new single Memory I Don't Mess With they're like man we love this thing blah, blah. I'm like well the truth is on this whole record if I had to write one type of song my, for the rest of my life and couldn't write any other st type right. of song it would be that type of song it's right. this type of song that you can kind of like draw somebody in right you might can pull a tear or you might can pull a smile or you could go nostalgia that's just what I, I mean I, when the stuff I listen to daddy listened to Alabama he listened to George Strait 
You know, baby blue was the color of her life. Right. You know, or down on love, Alabama. I mean, there's that's the stuff that I grew up on, so that's what I naturally go to. I have to actually force myself to go write like a more beer or a parking lot party or really that's not natural it's not natural i have to con- i have to consciously go write that right. stuff you know we play shows we're gonna have some stuff for the fans out there rocking you know but and we do that we do that on purpose right. but the stuff that i would normally just write right that's the that's the right that's the stuff we write down here your wife longtime girlfriend now your wife when you can you still get to her with your music when you say, wow. "Look what I just wrote," or she like, "Yeah, I know you love me," you know, I know yeah. that's how you feel. Yeah. Do you fu- still get to her? It's funny. It's uh, yeah, I did, and then she started writing music, which I encouraged her to do because she's a poet and she's a dancer right. and a DJ. And then, then she started criticizing my song. She's like, "Well, yeah, I would do it." I'm like, ah. <laughs> but then, like, you know, people start criticizing her stuff as she's starting out. But like, she's so, so talented. But now, she's like, so I wrote a song uh, yesterday. Yesterday? Called Girl Dad. And she kind of like. You got her. I got her. And, you know, you mark this down. Girl Dad's going to be something that's going to be somewhere. It was, yes, no, it was two days ago, not yesterday, because I was in U.S. yesterday. But the day before, I wrote Girl Dad. Were you thinking of your daughter? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. When you hear it, buddy. I got two daughters. Oh, buddy. Right. I'll send it to you tonight. You will? Okay. You probably won't get halfway through right. it. There's very few times when, when someone says that, I actually think he'll do that. That was fantastic. When you sang Boy in our studio, yeah. you said to me, yeah, I think of my son, but you didn't write that, right? No, I didn't write And, But I also... But you could tap a, into the same emotion? Important. It's so important. The songwriters in Nashville and all over this world are so great. Why would you not... And it's one thing I learned from one of my heroes, Garth. You know, spread the wealth. If he, you know, Garth is like, look, he realized all the great songwriters in town, and he also realized he realized that enough to where the dance, friends in low places, he didn't write. Wow. The other songs he wrote, most of them, he's a great songwriter. Right. But he realized that those two, those two songs, and who knows where his career would have gone without friends in low places and the dance who knows right and but it doesn't really matter the point is is he was smart enough to go listen the greatest songwriters in the world right here in front of me why wouldn't I listen to these songs yes I passed on songs that were hits because they just want me right but try drive your truck if you hear that song and it don't move you if it don't light your fire your wood's wet you know what I'm saying Lee, that's a great line. I just got that. So we might have to bleep it out, then I'd realize it's been something else. But you sang then on our show to a son who re- who found his dad's car and unveiled it on our show. I'll never forget that. I thought to myself, did he write it for this moment? You I, remember that? I do, but I didn't write it. I heard it, and I actually had my own kind of like connection with that song, which which triggered my brain as an artist to go, to go, well... This song wasn't written specifically about me and my granddaddy. Right. But it triggered that. So it's going to do the same thing for a billion other people if they hear this song. And so I was like, I mean, I couldn't even get halfway through. I drive your truck before I heard it. And I went, stop. I'm, I'm, can I record that tomorrow? So you know? uh, it, it's amazing to me. The other thing, this is the ultimate meritocracy music, isn't it? Because, you know, you're, if your dad's a big producer, you'll get in a movie. Right? <laughs> you know, but it's performance. 
It doesn't matter uh, if I know you. If I can't write, no one's showing up and no one's downloading, and I'm not going to be successful. That's kind of cool, it right? Is. Knowing that you can't get, you can't, you can't make someone like what you write no. and sing. No, you can't. And it's a, you know, it's the thing like with my brother. You know, he's like, I want to come do this. And I said, I said, all right, Lewis, if you come to town, I said you're going to have to find, just like I did, find your friends, find your circle, work hard. Do your thing because you don't ever want to look back at people and be like, well, your brother was in it. That's why you, that's why you made it. Well, I haven't done anything for him. He's worked so hard. Right. Now, obviously, I'll support him and I'll go, let's go record that song or whatever. But he has worked so hard and so it's things like that. Yes, you gotta. It's a meritocracy. You gotta, yeah. You gotta do it. You, you gotta do it yourself. Right. You gotta do it yourself. So, Lee, this is tradition, right? This oh, has yeah. happened. Oh, yeah. But you know what hasn't been traditional? This past year, for any American. Oh no! I no. know you wrote a lot. Yeah. But I always thought about the performers, the comedians. Yeah. The 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 actors on Broadway. I always thought about the musicians, and I said, "What do you do when you can't have a crowd? I don't care how popular you are and how much people want to see you. How did you deal with not being on stage for the first time since maybe 2003?" Well, at, at first you're like, "Well, you, you can either get on defense and just sit there and." Mope and hope, or you get on offense and figure out a way to still figure it out. So we did. We did shows. We did online shows. We did shows where there were people parking cars. It was weird. And yes, it was hard. You played to a parking lot. Oh, I mean, literally. Is that a parking lot party? Yeah, you know. But it was. But it was so odd because you couldn't feel that energy because they're in. You know, it's terrible. But so about two, three weeks ago. We had our first weekend out. I mean, two buses, three trucks. It was half capacity, but the people were live. They were there. Their energy was coming back to me. And man, with this it's record, a- I was hearing these new songs that I'd never been able to play for them. I'm learning them still because I've never really played them before. Wow. And they're Tell singing. me what they are. Tell me what you so played for like, We played like, you know, we played uh, a, a memory I don't mess with. We played more beer we played if you we played even one of them girls we haven't really had a chance to play that stuff out love that in song. front of people songs that are hits you know but man you're talking about whenever they're going we're gonna need more beer and you've seen the crowd doing this thing <laughs> i'm going <sighs> and like i found myself like after after a song i found myself just kind of just Listening to them like right. scream and sing and stop, and I went, guys, I'm. I apologize if I'm just having too much fun, but I gotta suck this in right yeah. now because yeah. it's special. Right. It is special, and it, there's a hole in an entertainer's heart for this last year. Right. Every entertainer. Whether, but, whether, do you think there's more respect even from the from the fans as well as the performers? Like no one can take each other for granted. Oh no, you can't take this for granted anymore. And there's a, there's a, there's a lot of artists who. Who could have taken it for granted? I mean, I've had my moments where I was like, man, I'm tired. I don't feel like going and doing this show. But it always worked itself out because when I got on the stage, it was like, all right, like we're going. Now you know why you're here. But there were times, you know. But you you take it away for a second and see what happens. A couple of things. Now you're going to go back out there. You're going to do it. Do you ever think about the struggling performer? If If someone's coming up now in 2020 and all of a sudden they're told you cannot go to a bar the biggest or smallest crowd, you cannot be bad. 
right? How do you start out in 2020? I mean, I guess you just, you know, sneak around and go to that bar. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I mean, right. look, I mean, you know, you're, you're, you're so appreciative to be able to play shows. You get out there, you go you play shows, it. and honestly, you know, if you're if you're doing what you're supposed to do, you get there. By the time you're working all day and getting sound checking, you're getting your show right, and you're giving everything to your fans that you possibly can, and then you, it's it's time to get on that bus and head down that road to go to the next place. You know, that's what I've learned over 20 years of being on the road. Right. You know, I mean, the young artist in me would have been like, well, I'm not supposed to go over here, but. I'll see y'all in a little bit, you know. <laughs> and you just go do it. <laughs> so, Lee, this, you miss being on the road, but you know what else you liked about 2020? Oh. You loved being with your family. You got three kids who loved having you around. Yeah. And what did you realize about being around? Yeah, it kind of created a little bit of a problem, you know. Not a problem, but a, but a, but a uh, an awareness of how much time I was gone. My three kids at their ages and what they need. And... Now I'm like, okay, well, as soon as we can get caught back up after trying to catch up over a year yeah. of no work, there's going to be a big priority change in how much I'm on the road because I got three kids at ages that they need their daddy, not just their mama, and not just their daddy for a day or two, right? a week or every two weeks. And so there's going to be a big priority change in that, and that's what I learned because this was the best year. For family. I mean, for my family. I mean, they're... I know it's it's been a hard year for so many people in so many ways, and for us in so many ways, but for my family, it might be the best year we've ever had, ever, because all they've ever known is daddy's gone, and daddy comes home for a few days, and then daddy's gone, but daddy's been home for a year, and now my little girl's like, where are you going? And I'm like, oh, no, I can't take this, Wow. and I want to be home, and, I, and all the things I got to teach my little boys, you know, they're getting to ages where they can... Learn to hook up a trailer, change a tire, stack wood, and I can teach them how to change the oil. I mean, all these little things that I wouldn't be able to really have time to do, I've had a year to do now, and it's been like, wow. Right. My daddy had his whole life to do that with me, and we did it. And I'm so glad, I'm so appreciative of this year. Right. For in that in that way. Are they appreciating your music? Yeah, they are actually. You know, it's it's funny that hey, daddy play play boy. Like, it's funny, truly, my little girl's like, play boy. I'm like, well, you know, boy. She's got no, but I just like, boy. <laughs> you know, uh, but then I will say, I had a song, I wrote a song called Daddy Don't Care. And it was supposed to be maybe on this last record we put out. And it's about her when she was born. And, and she asked her mama the other day, so where's my song on his, because she played him the whole record. <laughs> played her the whole record. And so... I now I'm gonna have to like I gotta figure <laughs> out where I got I gotta make good yeah. with truly so I know we're gonna we're gonna be able to talk tomorrow and you got an exciting thing going on in school and a concert yes, tonight yes. but I but I do have to ask you uh, as this as this uh, album comes out you book, you're on another label but you also did this I call it like a coach you formed your own label <laughs> you see a lot of talent out there you formed your own label and you're gonna have people under Lee Bryce's label. Tell me about it. Why was that important to do? Well, I mean, so it's called Pump House. Pump House came from a, an old, we were doing a vocal booth at this Christian camp I used to work at where we needed a place to do vocals. Went and tore down this old in the woods, this old, used the wood because we had no money. 
we used the wood from this from this old pump house and we built a vocal booth inside our storage room. And from there, um, uh, actually the guy, one of the guys that was with me doing that is the first person that we signed, him and Lewis. Um, Your brother. My brother. Um, and uh, so Nick Norman. And now we're moving in Rebecca Lynn Howard. But it's more about, it's a label that's more about like letting, like I've been through some other processes that weren't, and I've seen other artists go through processes that were like labels were trying to make artists be right. what they think they need to be instead of just let let's all work together. Let you need to be who you are. Whoever if I believe is. in you, yeah. I believe in you. And so that's what we're doing at Pump House. And, and that is that a good feeling? Does it remind you of sports days when a coach just wants the team to win? It's not yes. about them. Yes. It's Herb yes. Brooks, 1980. Yes. It's like, I mean, it's like Dabo. It's like he cares more about, first of all, he's going to coach coach the coach. man yeah. first. He's going to coach the young man first. And then he's going to coach the football player. Right. And I think that is a really big reason why, say, Clemson has, has, has grown and done what they've done, you know, as, as a football program. And you're bringing that to music. And that's what I feel like we should you gotta, you got to... I will coach you, but, but you got to you got to be who you are. But you also let's make you the best person you can be, right? And let you be the best artist who you are you can be, right? And uh, it's important to us as a label. So it's a, it's a label, but it's more about a label. The artists are just as much of a part of the head of the label as the heads of the label. You know what I mean? We're gotcha. all we're all making decisions together. You know what I mean, and uh, it's it's a little different way. It's more of looking artist at it. to artist than business it, to artist. Yes, that's what it is. It's an artist-driven label that because I'm an artist, you know, right. and I'm a writer, and I'm like, I've been in positions to where people tried to make me do other stuff, or I got the short end of the stick. Well, that's not what's going to happen here at Pump House, and so yes, so Rebecca Lynn Howard and Nick Norman and Lewis Price and these these acts and. We, we just, we want to make, let them be who they are, and we believe in who they are. And we want to let them do what they do because they work hard at what they do. Right. They're not, I mean, we wouldn't go do it if they were just somebody Whatever happens, I got care. some talent, yeah. But I know these people, and I know their talent. Uh, and we, and we've, we've put time and energy and, and, and found backers and stuff to put into this. And so it's very important, but... Um, Wherever it goes is wherever it goes, but we're gonna we're gonna stick to our guns and let them be who they are. And I mean, our belief is that that will make them special. Understood, Lee. Eight number ones, five studio albums. You're not slowing down. Is there a number? Is there a goal? There's a goal, and it is. A goal is to be able to say, "Hey, I'm not gonna play 200 shows this year because I want to be. I need to have a life at home with my family." I'm going to go do this tour and this tour, and we're going to do X amount of dates and X amount of dates. And the rest of the year, I'll be at home, working in the studio, writing, being with the family. Right now, I'm kind of, I really am at the mercy of, we got to catch up, we, I'm going to be gone. It's going to be a very difficult year. Wow. To, to do, this to whole parenting up. thing yeah, is full I mean, time. It really is. And yeah. so, but my goal really is, that's my goal, is to be able to go, look, I want to play 75 dates this year, or whatever it may be. And or 50 dates this year, you know, uh, that's my goal. So if I can continue 
this like roller on, I think we can do that. Absolutely. I really do. And so that's the goal. All right. So I am blowing one thing. I'm taking you away from the bonfire. Should we go back? <laughs> we yeah. got to make tradition continue. <laughs> So, Lee, there's like eight bonfires going on here, right? I mean, yeah, this is cool. Weddings, getting ready. These are pregame shows for weddings tomorrow. Yeah, we just took a picture with a bride to be tomorrow. Right. And it's pretty cool, you know, because people are getting their lives back on track. What I don't understand from the non-musician is how do you turn on creativity? I could do work, I could set up chairs, and I could dig a hole, but how do you turn well, on creativity? It's, 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 it's really the same thing I mean as a as a child when I was writing songs it was like when the when the spark hit I would just go mama I can't go nowhere I gotta I'm, I'm writing this song you know but then when you get to Nashville and you start to go look I'm gonna get up and I'm gonna go meet these people and we're gonna go write a song today together I you learn that like man uh, I stayed out like last night I don't feel like going it's showing up you show up to work and you go write songs, just like everybody else. You show up to work, and you write songs. And we can always write a good song. We're going to do that every time because we're getting better and better and better and better as we grow, right? But every now and then, there's those ones that kind of go, that just, God just kind of goes, all right, well, here's that special, special, special one, you wow. know? And uh, so you get up, you get up, and you go to work. Yes, during a moment like this, maybe we're talking, we might have an idea. You might say something, and I go, mm, and I'll put the idea down on my phone, right? And then later, I might, you know, I'll, that way when I sit down, mm -hmm. maybe if there's no inspiration and we're in a stale room, right? Then I'll go, hey, how about this idea? I remember we were sitting out here at Rosemary Beach, and you know, we were we were sitting by a fire, and this, you know, this person said this or that, and this is what I thought of. Then that gives you your inspiration. You start playing, you know. start singing, you know, whatever the idea was, you know. It's been a long time since I've been here. I hope you ain't forgot about me, cause I ain't forgot about you. Da -da 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 -da. You know, just kind of go. Wow, I understand. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I can, I can understand, <laughs> but I can't do that. Uh, what was written out here? What are some songs that are written out um, here in, in Rosemary Beach? So one of the biggest ones, I told you about Joe Leathers. He's, before this beach became kind of really what it is, he was already here. Brought us down, and we wrote a song called Still, and it was from uh, Songs 4610 in the Bible, Be Still and Know That I Am God. And so we wrote a song called Still. And... Uh, Tim McGraw recorded it and put it on the radio. It was a single. It was a big top ten single. How'd you get it to him? Uh, we wrote it. And we were there for with our my publisher, and our publisher pitched it to his, his people, and they loved it. He loved it, and he recorded it. Uh, and then I'd say, you know, in between from that all the way to, say, Rumor, which we also wrote out here. Right, you did. There were 15, 20 songs at least that are all over my records that I wrote, right? Like, you know, right. 300 yards from this spot we're sitting at, like at a house right over here, right over here. Right. And uh, But Rumor is probably the last big one that we wrote out here. Uh, and it was funny because I And you was, played that on our show. You, yeah. You said, oh, yeah. I'm debuting a brand new single on your show. It's going to be Rumor. And it was a huge hit. It was. It ended up being, 
I knew, in fact, it was funny. I, I was, it was kind of a joke. I looked at my phone. I was looking through the ideas. I told you about I write my phone. <clears throat> and I saw a rumor going around. And I went, and I was kind of being funny. I was like, there's a rumor going around. What you say we make it true. And I went, and they went. So then we went, there's a rumor going around about me and you. So we wrote that chorus really quickly. <coughs> and then we ended up. We said, all right, so now we got a verse melody. We went to the pool, took my computer out to the pool. We had the melody in our head, and we just sat there and wrote these verses. We actually got on a thing called Periscope back yeah. before, like, Instagram Live or whatever, yeah, yeah. all that stuff. Facebook Live. Yeah, yeah, all that stuff. You know, and and we wrote the verses out in the pool because we knew the da 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 All you got to do is write it like a poem as long as you're in so the So people meter. watching on you on Periscope create a song? Yeah, they watch us write it. Write the wow. verses. That's amazing. And it was really cool because for a year, for like two years, I had people going, hey, I'd be at a show. They were like, "Where's? are you playing Rumor yet? Because they happened to see that or they saw it afterwards. Wow. And so... You know, I think that's kind of was kind of the beginning of like, say, if I write a song right now, I could go put it on out on YouTube or whatever. Right. I don't have, and it used to be like, don't put a song out before it comes on the radio because you don't want to take away from it. Now you're like, put it out whenever you can, and then all it's doing is making it familiar to right. people. You underline it on the radio, yeah, and, and you're doing it. Does concert, yeah. get to the radio? People already know it; they want to hear it more. You there's, know? A, there's a new calculus. This game is it not is. the same anymore, right? It's no. not 1950. It's, it's not 1990. It's it's not 2000. Right? Do people care about albums anymore? I do. I don't know that people do as much as a. I think some people do. Right. Um. I think some people still care about vinyls, and they want to hear that record spinning on their vinyl. Truth is, though, the, for the majority, I think people care about they care more about um, uh, quantity. They want to hear the next song you wrote. Right. So if I wrote a song tonight, they'd want to hear it right now, uh, even if it a... wasn't like the best recording. Like they don't. So like they're kind of past like the records being amazing. They're kind of like to like I just want to hear a cool song and like the next the next thing. They want more. Content. You know what? Uh, my humble opinion. I think people got that when they watched that Unplugged series on MTV. Yeah. When you got to see these elite artists yes. without a lot of uh, a lot of money around them, they just like this is what I do. This is how I sound. What do you think? And you're like, wait, that doesn't sound anything like a record, but it's it's you know it's yeah. Kurt Cobain and an acoustic guitar. Right. And he's like singing the same song, but with like a whole another vibe. You know. Right. There's a rumor going around. About me and you. Now, you what know. is your latest hit now that's out right now? So, uh, Memory I Don't Mess With just broke top 30. You know, it's kind of it's kind of starting to really pick up some legs. Memory I Don't Mess With is a very, I talk, we talked about this earlier, very quintessential Lee Bryce kind of like. This is my, I mean, it really is a, a Lee Bryce love song, nostalgia, move you kind of a song and so uh, Memory I Don't Mess With is our newest one and it's rocking it's doing really well and we're ready to come. we got two or three right after we're ready to come with just won a big du- you you put out a duet and just won a big award yeah I mean I hope you're happy now it was such a blessing Carly Pierce did her, you find her or she find you she found me I knew her and I had done shows like with her and like on festivals and I, just, I knew she was talented 
all that stuff. So long story short, she came to me through management and said, hey, would you ever be interested in, in doing a song with Carly? I said, well, yeah, she's, she's, she's cool. I said, but I'm a song guy, so it depends on the song. And they sent the song over, and I went, I'm in. Because <laughs> it was like this classic right. 90s duet. Like, I didn't know what the song was going to do because it was so classic country. Right. You know, I didn't know how people were going to take it. But what I think happened was a lot of people didn't know what classic country sounded like. So to them, it was brand new. And it was cool. Right. And so this song blew up. And now me and her both have handfuls of hardware from, from the ACMs, you know, coming back and seeing, you know. And you had to play on. You were going to play together. You really haven't played much together, right? No, no, not at all. No, we, we played the song. We sang the song maybe four times together. And the Billboard Awards is coming up? Billboard Awards And what are you up for that? Up. I, so one of them girls is up for, uh, for Country Song of the Year. Um, there's a lot. It's, it's really crazy to think about the blessings of this year, although, you know, the other side it's a of terrible the table. pandemic, yeah. but but I mean we have pushed through and we have somehow been. I mean uh, the light has shown has has just shown right on us, and, and we have been really blessed, and and we're we're just going to continue to roll with it. I mean we're not going to like take it for granted. We're going to keep rolling with it. You right. know? <laughs> See, yeah. See, I always say this for a non just a non musician question. I watch Billy Joel on stage do every single night, but he hasn't written a song in 20 years. He says, well, I don't feel I have to. Do you, you know, you know as an athlete, you're pretty much done it unless you're Tom Brady at 35. Do you worry, is there a, is there a lifeline to songwriting where you reach a certain age and the creativity just isn't there where the market has changed? There may be. The market might, might change, but there's also people like, you know, like Steven Tyler, you know, they've been making hit records for 50 years. Right. And they aren't—they don't sound the same as they did. They are moving with the times. I'm kind of a competitor. Um, it depends on the artist, I guess, but I'm a competitor, so I don't see myself stopping. I know there may be... I may slow down. I may not write as much. I, I want to be able to spend more time not working. Right. You know, at some point, but even in my retirement years, it's like Willie, it's like he's still he's still sitting down thinking. Willie knows. Yeah. He's still sitting down thinking. He just wrote a song the other day with a friend of mine and sang on it and it's there's something about that that you can't get out of your, your soul. That's right. who you are. I mean that's who I've been since I was eight years old, seven years old. So I don't know that I'll ever get to that point of like, you know, there's some artists who never really wrote a song ever. And, and that's, you know, they just sing songs that other people wrote, and that's fine. It's totally cool. But me, I, I don't know. It's it's like it's like fishing or something. It's like, right. you're going to tell me I'm never going to fish again? I mean, <laughs> uh, you know what I mean? Like, right. like I'm going, I'm fishing for songs every every chance I get. And uh, who's happiest about your success? Who do you get the most pleasure thinking about how happy they are for you? You know, my mom and daddy, they support me from the very beginning. Um, my brother loves to to see what's going on. My wife is, like, crossed. She's like, I love the success, but I sometimes I wish you would just 
flop and come home and be home forever, you know, from a good place. Yeah. You know, my kids, you know, they loved it. They play this song. I think maybe, and I don't know if this comes across as weird, but I might be the happiest person for my success because I, this is all I ever wanted to do. You know, um, it wasn't necessarily to sit out here and, you know, be on a camera and talking to you. But it was, but it was about writing songs and singing songs and and being able to. I mean, if I can pay my bills doing that, yeah, like that, I, I'm so happy with that. And so you were talking about the awards and stuff we just got. Yes, those are amazing. They really are. But that's just icing on top of the cake that I already love. You right. know, like the cake is like I've already. Everybody works hard, you know. I could be working with my daddy, electrician. I could be working at Home Depot. I could be working wherever. I could be working hard like I've done before. But I just assume if I'm going to work that hard or right. harder, I'd rather be working this hard. And so I'm one of the lucky ones that gets to do what I love to do. Absolutely. And it really hurts to know that this wasn't one of the goals to talk to me on the beach. So that really, <laughs> that's the negative side. You really, I didn't mean- I don't, why drag me down? You know, I don't know why you have to make me feel bad. I mean, yeah, it's unbelievable. It's hard, really. hard to keep back the honesty. <laughs> I know. You don't have to be totally honest. But uh, Lee, do you remember the moment when you didn't have to worry about your bills, where you thought to yourself, uh, you know, you got that hunger to be successful, and you have the hunger to like, oh my goodness, can I can I get my own room? Can I get my own apartment? Uh, can I mail home money you know, to my family? You know, my my wife all the time. She says she she texts me. She goes, Lee, I just went to the grocery store and I got fresh vegetables. And I got it, and I spent three hundred dollars at the grocery store. And she said, Lee, I remember when I went to the store and I was worried. I was trying to find, and she still is frugal as crap. I mean, she's like trying to find the deal, but. She just is so thankful for that. And, like, I, I do remember, yeah, well, you know, when, when we had our first, we got on the road, and probably the hard to love when that album came around after we had had our first hit because we weren't really making, I mean, we were paying money to play shows for years. Right. But when hard to love came around, you know, we were play, able to play enough shows that were big enough that paid enough money to where we were okay. Right, and uh, and then you know we had our first kid, and and she didn't have to worry about anything, and I was like, all right, so you know we're okay. I mean, I can't go buy a yacht or nothing. The rest is house money, you know. Right? <laughs> right. Absolutely. Hard to love was written right here, and uh, it sucked though because I was about ten feet away on the other side of a glass door writing another song. While the other three writers that I had in town were writing Hard to Love, I went in to make a ham sandwich. I was like, that bridge might need to be like this. And I went back out and wrote my song. But Hard to Love was written here. Rumor was written here. There's been a lot of songs written right here. What does Hard to Love sound like? But so the guy goes, I'm sorry, I can't help you. I am sensitive. Hard to love, hard to love. Oh, don't make it easy. I couldn't do it if I stood where you stood. I'm hard to love, hard to love. You say that you need me. I don't deserve it, but I love that you love me. Oh, yeah. yeah, you love me good. I am a short fuse, I am a wrecking ball, crashing into your heart like I do. 
But you're like a Sunday morning full of grace and full of Jesus. And I wish that I could be more like you. I'm hard to love, hard to love. Oh, I don't. So now my wife is like, she's got a little new meaning of hard to love. She's like, okay, so now you've been home. Now I'm realizing how hard to love you are. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I know that's not about you because you are a sensitive guy, right? You are. You're in touch with your emotions. I am. But or else I'm, there's no but music I'm, rolling out. But I'm still out. a guy. Yeah. You know, <laughs> my wife is still, you know, like, you know, why didn't you turn off the light? Why didn't you flush the toilet? You know, you know, it's kind of the same stuff. Right. So it's that. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's actually, I would love to go through the list. It would be amazing to go through the list of the songs that were written right here. Not only that were singles and stuff, but they're but they're songs we recorded. I right. mean, big songs. You know, to me, a song called Good Man, I played probably five years at least every night on stage. That I remember sitting out on the back porch on the pool of a house right 300 yards from here on Wiggle Lane, and the neighbors started coming over. They were complaining at first. They all turn it down. And then they come over, and they're like, well, wait, but wait, it's music. Can we, Do they we know who you are? I'm like, y'all come on in, though. Y'all come on in. We're writing songs. Then they're like, oh, that's cool. Turn it up. You know? Yeah. <laughs> you know, because Rosemary's a very quiet family town, yeah. you know? And so we're out there jamming out with electric guitars and, like, you know. But we were so excited about writing songs. And so we wrote a lot of songs where the neighbors kind of got used to. Well, when they come in town once or twice a year... It's worth it. They're going to be up late writing songs. You right. Know? <laughs> I think that's pretty cool. It reminds me of when you 2 went on top of a building and they had that live video. Oh, and I think the, yes. Beatles, the Beatles did the same thing. I'd love to see Lee Bryce just on the second floor of a bar one day, 2 o'clock in the afternoon on a Wednesday, you know what? and see what kind of crowd comes on. We might have that's to, a video. We might have to do, like, the top of Tootsies. You know, they just got, like, you know, downtown. Yeah, Nashville. Broadway. Broadway, they got, the, like, the top. Now, they didn't have that when I first came to town. Now right. they got this big upper deck thing. So you just gave me a good idea. That might be pretty fun. And the question is, do you feel a loyalty that I can go down and record that idea? Duh. Are you <laughs> kidding me? I'm there. Bring it on. All right. <laughs> Lee Bryce, I'm going to let you enjoy this bonfire. What a special night. I no need, I need no other explanation on why you're here. It's 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 a beautiful place. It's, it's, um, it's in my bones. It's in my heart, you know. My brothers, my, my blood, my not my blood, but my, I consider them my blood brothers. You know, Kyle and Joe, Brian, and this is a place to where a lot of songs were here. So we laid out on this sand at night and looked up and talked about and thought about and wrote songs. Three o'clock in the morning, I would swim out in that ocean. They'd be like, "What are you doing?" You I'm like, "I'm out. I'm swimming. I'm going." Might not have been smart because I think sharks feed about three or four in the morning. But, I heard that, but that was back in the day. I, you know, I wouldn't do that now. I guess with three. But years. the good news is, sharks don't bite famous people. Yeah. You never hear of like a yeah. famous person get bitten when by a that? shark. Right? It just never happens. It's always a plane crash or yeah, something. Yeah, you know? absolutely. Yeah, we heard about that. It's not good to bring up. All right. That's good. Jason in the House, the Jason Chaffetz Podcast. Dive deeper than the headlines and the party lines as I take on American life, politics, and entertainment. Subscribe now on foxnewspodcast.com or wherever you download podcasts. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.